I'm Jeff Gibson. And I'm Shanna Paxton. And we are the Movie, the movie Lovers. Lovers. Welcome. Hello. To the official podcast of the Gibson Review. This episode is the Weekend Review, start of three episodes. Weekend Review is where we talk about what TV shows and movies we've been watching since the last Week in Review. And usually we start off with each of us talking about our respective weeks in review. And then we talk about our Week in Review, what uh, movies or TV shows we've been watching together. However, because our past couple film faves episodes, I should say the the previous episode and the upcoming episode of film faves, were so exhaustive, there's only a few things that we'll have to talk about in this episode. So let's get right into it, starting with two TV shows in particular that we watched, the first being Modern Family. Back in January, I got injured, and rather than watching the doom and gloom and and constant drama of Arrowverse that we were in the middle of, we were in season seven of the Arrowverse, I, I wanted something easygoing and light, and so we picked back up in season three of Modern Family, And as of the night before this recording, we finished season 11 of Modern Family. So let's talk a little bit about that series that ended up making my favorite TV shows of all time list in our previous episode, episode 170 of The Movie Lovers, our favorite TV shows. So Shanna, why don't you share your thoughts on Modern Family as a a series? Well... Let's see, you could talk, yeah, just talk about the series in general and were there any disappointments during the course of it and how you felt about the end of the show. I had a really good time watching this show. You know, we had season one and two at a Black Friday special and uh, we had cable for season three, but then, you know, we fell off of cable so we couldn't keep up with it. Finally, we had this opportunity, as you mentioned, to catch up. And that was really lovely to be able to, whenever we had some time or whenever we needed a pick-me-up, that was what we got to watch. And we would laugh basically every episode or smile or comment, that's so funny, every episode. So I think that when there's, how many episodes are there? There's a total of 250 episodes. When there's 250 episodes, like, that's kind of winning, you know? So, I love the characters. I feel like sometimes the characters need a little bit more of an arc, but it is what it is. It's like family comedy, so there isn't much of an arc, other than watching the kids grow up. Hmm. So, uh, you know, one of the characters is very high-strung. She doesn't get better at being high-strung. She just is constant. You're talking about Claire uh-huh. Dunphy, played by Julie Bowen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she does go, th- like, each of these characters do go through journeys. They are not in the same place at the be- at the end of the show as they were at the beginning of the show. No, I suppose you're right. Take Claire, for example. Well, I don't remember exactly what she was doing in the first couple seasons, but she went through a journey where she started to take over the... The family uh, closet business. She was a stay-at-home mom, I believe. Okay. And then, yeah, you're right. She t- 
started taking over the family closet business. Then they got bought up. Mm. And then she got her dream job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ultimately. But it was, it was, she, it was kind of a perfect fit for her, you know? And, and then taking Jay, for example... You know, he started out still owning and in control of this company, left and tried retiring the co- from the company. Uh, he had a hard time being away from it, so he went back to the company, then left the company, and then tried starting his own company, and then just ended up re- enjoying retirement, as I recall. Yeah, so I guess there is a journey and there is an arc to the characters. I I like watching Mitch and Cam's relationship. Yes. I like seeing all the different things that affect what they're doing every day. Yes. So Cam getting a you know high school football coach job. Right. And then eventually his dream job. I mean, it's all very it's very cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are there any particular characters or actors in the cast that you you particularly loved or wanted to shout out? Yeah, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, who is Mitch, and you can also see him in Cocaine Bear for briefly. Uh-huh. And then Eric Stone Street as Cameron mm-hmm. Cam. I I really enjoy them on screen. I enjoy Ed O'Neill. I I wasn't uh, married with children. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a fan of that show, but I enjoyed watching him here. And Sophie. Sophia Vergara. Sophia Vergara is awesome. Ty Burrell is <laughs> like infuriating, but still fun to watch. Hmm. I think I have a hard time with. I like watching Sarah Highland. I think she's fun, but I hate the character. <laughs> or not so much hate. I just get like annoyed. And then when she becomes a mom, then I'm like, okay, cool. Like yeah. a little more grounded and. Yeah, so uh, if I can respond to a couple of those. Ed O'Neill, first of all, I must make a correction in the previous episode of The Movie Lovers. <laughs> a, I, ma- I made two mistakes with regards to Married with Children. A, I accidentally said his character's name was Ed Bundy. <laughs> it's Al Bundy. Also, I remembered wrong. I thought Married with Children was around for like eight seasons. According to him in a in an interview, he was actually in... Married with Children for like 11 seasons. So uh, that's okay. two corrections on my end. Uh, he is great in this. It's it's amazing to see older footage of him in this show to see how much he's aged. Mm-hmm. I love Eric Stone Street as Cameron. He yeah. is hilarious. Sometimes he reminds me of someone I know who is actually a woman. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> not a gay man. But he, he uh, his, his personality yeah. And, yeah. and some of his behaviors... Just he off he probably is the one that makes me crack up the most often, and the whole Fizbo thing is great. Sarah Hyland, yes. What was it that you were quoting to me last night? Oh. oh, good for you. I made a mistake. Oh yes, that was from Cam. Yes, that was in season eleven. Really uh, Sarah Hyland, I agree with you, particularly for the first few seasons. Haley is such a uh, self-absorbed ditz that like as a teenager like i get it she she's representing a, a type of person that is definitely out there a type of teenager that's definitely existing but boy she she did drive me nuts but as she becomes an adult she becomes a little more grounded even before she becomes pregnant a little less of an idiot and a little more uh considerate of others and i do appreciate that growth in that character for me also 
Ariel Winter, I I love Ariel Winter in this series. I think Alex Dumphy in many ways is the ideal daughter. <laughs> I I so wish I had. But I really like how they show the struggle as well with her because yes. of her her commitment to academics and doing well and perfection. That it it's not a pretty picnic all the time. I think they they finally get to that kind of thing in like season eight or something. It's kind of in the second half of the series for sure. And I was actually fairly impressed when they started getting into that sort of territory and really kind of digging in a little bit more of what a a character like her, a person like her would actually be going through. But I do do love her. I think she's fantastic. And I do think that while sometimes – Early in the seasons, I think uh, Aubrey Anderson Emmons, she started in season three, I think, of Modern Family. And I think for the first few seasons, uh, she she ends up kind of being a, a, a little like, whoa, a little crazy for me. Some of the things that comes out of her mouth. But as she gets older and older, I actually like her more and more towards like season nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, yeah, she calms down a little bit. She plays Lily, to clarify, uh, the daughter of Mitchell and, and Cam, the adopted daughter. So, <clears throat> yeah, and apparently, uh, let's see, Stella, the dog. I was noting that Stella's not in season 11 very much, but apparently she's not in, of all the 250 episodes, she's only in 46 episodes in total. Anybody else about the series, either uh, recurring characters or otherwise, that you wanted to note? No, I think between the two of us, we got it. What did you think of the final season and the finale of Modern Valley? The finale was really sweet. It stuck the landing. It probably would have been close to making my list of TV shows, like mm-hmm. what we did last time. But I don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really great that the show was so solid. And I love the extra feature mm-hmm. on Hulu where you get to see a little documentary about the last two episodes being filmed yeah, and a little tour. And that was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely recommend checking it out on Hulu. I, it's one of those things where it's like after 10 or 11 seasons, what, what would you want to see that would actually make you feel like an overwhelming feeling of, of finality? I, I felt satisfied. I felt this just very like low level sense of satisfaction. It was, it was just right. This family, I told you last night, this family constantly sees each other all the time to the point where it drives yeah. Jay nuts uh, occasionally. And it just makes sense the direction that the family goes in the in the finale. So I was pretty satisfied with it. I was, I, you know, the show went for a very long time. There was only a handful of times where I was frustrated with it or a particular scene or a joke started to get, like, annoying uh, so overall, I think the show was a, a rousing success, and uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Modern Family. Next, we have The Mandalorian. We felt we really needed to talk about The Mandalorian because we really haven't talked much about Season 3 of The Mandalorian, and uh, the night before recording, we watched the season finale, Season 3 of The Mandalorian. Shanna, what do you think about Season 3 of The Mandalorian? I really enjoyed it. I think that season one is my favorite of all time in that show, but season three was pretty satisfying, and it was great to get to spend so much time with Bo-Katan. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, see what that world was. Uh, go to Mandalore. Is mm. that it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the planet Mandalore and really see what was going on there. And the final episode was fantastic. And I wasn't expecting the story to go in that direction. And I really liked it. And I guess it made sense. It started to like make me question other things that are happening in the real world. Hmm. <clears throat> Interesting. Like, how does it relate, right? Like mm. if, mm-hmm. if you abandon a place, what's going to happen if you're not there. Mm. So I thought that that was all very interesting. It was fun to see Grogu doing more things mm. and kind of becoming confident and still being a toddler. Like mm. that was the last episode particularly. And the second last one was very good. Mm. And I, you know, I joke with you. I don't think the Mandalorians are good parents mm. <laughs> because there's just, there's always something going on. Mm-hmm. So that was that was really funny. Yeah, loved the performances. I loved how how careful they were with the story. What did you think? I think I would have a hard time ranking the three seasons of The Mandalorian. I think it definitely would benefit from a rewatch of the entire 24 episodes yeah. to kind of get a sense of how well everything comes together, how well the flow is. Does it at all feel disjointed? Is there a continuing story here that actually works together? All that sort of stuff. Overall, though, I do think that season three is is a fairly solid. I think that there are very few tangents. I I thought maybe the pirate uh, episode was a little bit unnecessary, but I had explained to me why there are certain elements of that that were necessary that you couldn't really have without without that episode. For the overall story having to do with Mandalore and and uniting the Mandalorians together. The finale, I my understanding is there is another season of the Mandalorian. Maybe a total of five seasons. I'm not positive on that. Five would make sense. But I felt like the series could end right here. Hmm. Uh, and it would be perfectly satisfying and perfectly fine. And we we don't necessarily need anything beyond what we have here. Uh, I'm I'm content with uh, seeing you know if they want to explore more about what this journey is with Grogu being in the place that he is at the end of this episode uh, and 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 uh, Din that that I okay fine but I would be okay without it too you know mm-hmm. so. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think there's some really great, rousing, pretty exciting, uh, thrill, thrilling action scenes throughout the season, especially in the finale. I don't think it underwhelms or disappoints in that sense. Mm-hmm. I think that the whole Moff Gideon story arc, I, it definitely does, is not left open. It seems to me it's definitely not left open at the mm-hmm. end of this season. So I, I'm very happy with it. I, I, yeah, I think that if you dropped off Mandalorian for whatever reason, I think you should come back to it. Um, it's it, there's nothing that's like tying it to the original trilogy, like the one season finale did. I, I don't remember if that was two or one that did that, but probably two with the Boba Fett. 
No, oh. no, with the Skywalker thing. <gasps> oh, not. But anyway, uh, there's nothing like that in season three, and that makes me a very happy camper. So uh, I recommend The Mandalorian season three. It sounds like we both do on Disney Plus. Next, I, I had mentioned how, like, you know, we is a lot of our time's been taken up with trying to research the previous film phase episode on our favorite TV shows and the next film favorite episode, our favorite cartoons. And so because of that, there's a lot that we've been watching regarding those subjects. And we've, we pretty much covered the TV stuff in the last episode. And uh, Shannon, she pointed that out to me right before we recorded. So we'll, we'll go cover some territory about like all the random cartoons that we'd be seeing. Now, we're not going to talk about like what's making our list of our favorite cartoons, but I thought it would be interesting, like there's, especially for me, but you've been a part of so many cartoons we've been watching randomly. Is there anything that you wanted to speak to that you've been watching that, that may or may not make your list, but still like it's sure. worth mentioning? I think... A funny moment I want to share is when we watched an episode of Bonkers. I Uh, remember liking this show when I was younger. It was one of the only shows I could get to watch after school. Uh, It's a Disney show, and we watched, how long was it? Two minutes and? 30 seconds. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm done. (laughs) Because the opening credits, the the title, what is it? Yeah, the opening credits. Yeah, it was just so much. Mm. And then the first minute of the actual episode was a lot. And I was like, this just looks like a prettier version of Cartoon Network Chaos. Mm. And I was like, I don't think I have this in me. We finished the episode and we got to hear Jim Cummings as a detective. And that was great. Mm -hmm. That was the best part probably for me. But I was like, oh, well, I guess this isn't going anywhere. Yeah, so now and, and to and I had like I didn't know what episode to watch, so I looked on IMDb and I selected one of the more higher rated episodes on IMDb, and you were the reason why we were watching it because you had a, a fondness for the show when you were younger. So I found it hilarious that <laughs> it only took two and a half minutes for you to be like, "Nope, I'm done." Well, what sucks is you've got Jim coming, so it's like I want to stay for that. And it's also, it's kind of like Roger Rabbit, where it's like, mm. oh, we have to have, we have to have a police force in Toontown. It's part of our jurisdiction, but we have to have an animated car- a, a cartoon with us. And so Bonkers is a washed-up cartoon actor, mm-hmm. uh, even though they're all cartoons, you know. Yeah, so because that's kind it's of not a live-action hybrid all animation, show. Yeah. But I just I thought the concept was pretty cool. I'm a huge fan of Roger Rabbit for many reasons, and this was kind of cool. But anyway, so moving away from that, I was also starting to check out like remakes. So I am fond of Rugrats. I went back. I'm like, okay, I'm still fond of Rugrats. So that mm-hmm. was cool. Mm-hmm. But then I thought I would check out the remake, and it just feels so smooth. It's CGI, mm-hmm. and it's just it's too smooth when mm-hmm. Rugrats is reliant on the scratchy. You know, the, the line pencil marks. lines, yeah. Yeah, and so it just feels too much. Like, if they had somehow incorporated a little bit of, then I think it would have been fine. Mm. But the, the story and all of that is still somewhat the same. It mm. just feels like I'm watching a polished version of my PlayStation 1 Rugrats game. 
Oh, so wow. That's yeah, kind yeah. of, you know, what it feels like. And the characters have changed a little bit. The grandpa ha- is, I don't remember him being into yoga and all of that. So I'm, I'm wondering where that's going to go. Mm. And then there's updated stuff happening. So to be clear, this is a remake, right? This is not a continuation. It's like they're starting again. Yeah. yeah. Because mm-hmm. the first few episodes I watched don't have Dill or Kimmy, but they have a lot of Susie. And that's really cool because I don't think Susie was in a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I really enjoy Susie because she's usually the, the reasonable voice, but also fun. And then I also checked, started checking out the She-Ra remake. Because yeah. you can't find the She-Ra original. Right. So. She-Ra and the Princesses of Power yep. on Netflix. What else should we talk about? Well, what did you think about that one, though? Oh, I'm into it. I just, I was tired, so I couldn't get into it at that time. Mm. So, let's see. Uh, other things that I or we have been watching kind of randomly, let's see. There's the Ace Ventura Pet Detective cartoon. Oh, yeah. Based on the movies. That was also like, you know what? No, after two minutes. Yeah, that didn't take you long to tap out of that one uh, because they have this voice actor who's a sound alike for Jim Carrey. And boy, did that lean so heavily on all the catchphrases and yeah. behaviors that Jim Carrey put into that character in mm-hmm. the 1994 movie, I think it was. Uh, so that uh, that could grate very quickly and <laughs> very easily. Yeah, even if you are a fan. We watched My Pet Monster, which is also available on Amazon Prime. I couldn't believe something like that was available on Amazon Prime. That was weird. <laughs> Tell me more. Well, it, you know the thing about the 80s and maybe to an extent the early 90s, there was a lot of cartoons that were created to help sell toys. Okay. Not something that was necessarily a bad thing because it worked out in a lot of cases as far as what the cartoons were. But this one, it was like, I don't, I don't know. What, what's, what's interesting is some of these cartoons that stand in my mind, they actually had less than 30 episodes. This might have been the case for my pet monster as well. And I could see why it had this weird concept where this monster was like owned by this kid. And like when anybody else was around, he turned into a, a toy basically. Mm. Okay. And there was like this nosy neighbor that suspected something was up. <laughs> and, and then like, if he became a monster again, like he had this, really weird effect that totally wasn't necessary where there's an he spun around and there was an explosion and everything mm-hmm. when he became from toy to uh, monster it's like why don't you just gradually become monster come, come alive again because they like weird. shiny explosions right so it was kind of wacky in that sense and there's like a monster from another universe or dimension that came to to i don't know get beat up the monster get the monster get i don't know it's it's just it's, it's a, a little weird convoluted. Show. Yeah, it's a weird show, and along with that, Tales from the Crypt Keeper. I watched. I was like, oh my gosh, I I I kind of remember this. You know, I, I, it was like an ABC thing, okay. and it was like, here's the cartoon version of Tales from the Crypt, which was a horror anthology series from the early '90s on HBO. Mm-hmm. Right? It was like. 
in Tales from the Crypt and Larry Sanders show were two of the biggest things in HBO, you know, in the early nineties. Especially for you. And, well, no, just in general. That like the culture, like it like that was HBO's mark were those two shows at that time. Okay. And so like they decided to make a kid version of it and uh <laughs> it, that was weird too. <laughs> Because it was a toned-down version of the Crypt Keeper using the same voice actor as in the actual series, Tales from the Crypt, and trying to adapt some of the actual EC Comics storylines. and uh, Yeah, it was like definitely Tales from the Crypt with kid gloves mm. and like a little bit hammier humor than, than the show had. And the show, like, you know, the Crypt Keeper... Is mm. pretty hammy when he introduces the episodes, but oh, okay. imagine a hammier version of that. So yeah, that was interesting. I watched uh, Howie Mandel's cartoon Bobby's World, which lasted for quite a while in the early '90s. I remember that he voiced Bobby, and it was basically about this kid and this family and the imagination of this kid. And he voiced the father. He, you know, and and, and it was like a likeness of Howie. Uh, the father character was and you have like a very much a mid like i don't know a dakota's kind of a uh, mom who has this like don't you know kind of fargo type <laughs> okay. accent you know sounds great <laughs> which i had completely forgotten about so i i rewatched that that was interesting that's available to stream somewhere what else did oh you talked about like the shira thing yeah i checked out and i will probably continue to check out mm-hmm the He-Man? the Netflix series is it called He-Man: Masters of Universe Revelations or something like that? It, it's by Kevin Smith. And I remember it was kind of a big deal a couple years ago when it came out, mm-hmm. and I watched the first episode of that, and I was like, "Holy hell!" Mm. Uh, in in a good way, my like jaw was on the floor because <laughs> like. You watched the 1983 cartoon as I as I did. I I had to go. I had to buy a copy on eBay mm-hmm. to watch it because it's not really available. Mm-hmm. And I watched it and it's really got this like Scooby Doo, where are you? Kind of stilted kind of <laughs> animation to it, which is really weird because it's like years later. And this is anyway. Maybe it was affordable, <clears throat> right? And you know, I think that series was made by filmation maybe anyway so i i watched that and you have this incredible cast of characters but you kind of feel like you know there's more that could be done here and then you watch this netflix series written by kevin smith and you're like this is the potential that he-man the masters universe had and it's 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 incredible and it's like the stakes are high and they do not mess around. Mm-hmm. And that show seems really cool. I understand if you're a fan of the 80s show and you are pissed off by it, I totally get why. But I'm a fan of the 80s show and I I was blown away by it. It does feel like, like you need to have a knowledge of the previous He-Man cartoons to some extent to understand the dynamic between He-Man and Skeletor before you watch even the first episode. Uh, it definitely is for the people who grew up with that cartoon. But that was pretty cool. Can't see the Care Bears. I tried to get get some of that. Watch the Hanna-Barbera stuff. Yogi Bear Show. Oh, yeah. That 
I grew up with Yogi Bear. I grew up with a lot of the Hanna-Barbera characters. Yogi Bear was one. Makes me smile still today. Um, what are some Hanna-Barbera cartoons that we watch that really stands out to you? I mean, I love Scooby-Doo, but I like their more recent one, Miss Mystery Inc. Yeah, Mystery Incorporated. Uh, yeah, I like that one the best because I feel like it's this good balance of what was existing and where can we take it. Huh, okay. And Vilma is not. <laughs> so. Right, yeah. Well, what about adult animation? Are well, you considering any adult animation? Before I answer that, first I wanted to finish with the Hanna-Barbera. Uh, the Flintstones and the Smurfs. Oh, yeah. And then the Jetsons. I realized the Jetsons mm-hmm. doesn't hold up well for me. Mm-hmm. I checked out... Well, then I checked out Cartoon Network, so we'll come back to that. So I always liked and preferred the Flintstones over the Jetsons, and I checked it out for the first time in decades, both of them. And I still prefer the Flintstones over the Jetsons, mm-hmm. actually. And uh, and the Smurfs is is was interesting to go back to the very beginning of the show and and watch some of that because they had a different opening title sequence than I remembered mm-hmm. where there was a voiceover. So that was interesting and kind of fun. You asked if I had taken into consideration more adult TV shows. Uh, we are for the purposes of the list, but for me, I don't think anything is going to compare to any of the other shows that I've been watching. Mm. Uh, that's going to make my list of 12. I, have you been watching any? Like I can do South Park, but mm-hmm. South Park is so intense and potent that I can only do one every few days. It's mm-hmm. not something that's a good idea for me to blow through. Mm. I am not touching family, a guy again. I'm not touching American dad again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I guess that answers that. Yeah. You yeah. mentioned Cartoon Network. You've been watching some of... Yeah, I watched the remake of Dexter's Laboratory, and that was actually really enjoyable. I didn't know there was a remake. I watched the remake of Powerpuff Girls. Mm. That was not. Mm. And then I watched the old Powerpuff Girls, and that was not, which is so weird for me because I used to like Powerpuff Girls. Mm. But it just didn't... I guess it's just not what i want anymore mm, that's interesting we also watched because we own and i'm surprised that there's as many seasons as there are of this back to the future yeah which was a trip because i remember it existing i didn't remember that it had two full seasons and what was cool about that is christopher lloyd as doc brown introduces the episodes in live action That is pretty cool yeah and then you have the cartoon. It it switches. Uh, the only the only returning cast members are Thomas F. Wilson, who plays Biff, and Mary Steenburgen, who plays Clara. They appear in the cartoon. Christopher Lloyd does not play Doc Brown in the cartoon. Dan Castellaneta, who plays Homer Simpson, he steps in as Doc Brown. And then you have after the end of the cartoon. At the end of the episode, you have a science demonstration by Bill Nye, which I didn't realize that Bill Nye had connections to Back to the Future because Back to the Future actually made his show, which ran for many years, Bill Nye the Science Guy, possible. Super cool. That was really kind of cool to, to see. And it's really cool that we have this cartoon on Blu-ray, which acted as a continuing adventures from the Back to the Future trilogy. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. 
Uh, let's see. Is there anything else that comes to mind that we've been watching? Because we've been seeing so many cartoons. Anything else that comes to mind you wanted to mention? No, I mean, I think the rest can be a surprise when it's time for that episode. Okay, fair enough. So, yeah, those are the cartoons that, some of the cartoons that we've been watching lately. We've also been watching some 1940s movies because another focus I have, now that I got my Lynn Shelton article out of the way, is I'm trying to rewatch or watch for the first time some 1940s films. So, let's see, like, one of the movies we watched was Cat People, right? I mean, I watched half of it. Yes, that is, a, that is an often recommended film from the 1940s, kind of a horror film. I thought I would probably like it more than the 80s film, but I kind of felt meh about it overall in the end anyway. Uh, we watched our copy of Leave Her to Heaven. Again, I watched a quarter of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and let's see. Or really rather the end. Ball of Fire. Yeah, that was really enjoyable. Barbara Stanwyck, Gary Cooper. So fun. Bunch of character actors in that one. Yeah, like the person who does the voice for the Caterpillar in Alice in Wonderland is in it. Yes. And I heard his voice and I'm like, holy cow. So that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And Henry Travers, who is in It's a Wonderful Life, mm-hmm. is in that one as well. But that was a delightful comedy to revisit. Uh, let's see. What else have we been watching from that decade Lately, we watched The Lady Eve, which was also another Barbara Stanwyck movie. came out the same year. That one with Henry Fonda. I really enjoyed that one. But every time you say The Lady Eve, I think of the other Eve movie. And so it gets really confusing in my brain. All About Eve, which came nine years later. But that was a really freaking fun film and really hilarious to see woman beings. Well, it's not like it's hilarious. It's just it's really awesome and fun that it exists where women are being super sexy and are kind of like drooling over one guy yeah and the guy is like why is everyone looking at me so it's really fun yeah uh also pride of the yankees that was really good and that just made me want to cry and own the film at the same time Mm -hmm. and and i just i felt so sad a couple more that i i watched uh mrs miniver which is uh, I think an Oscar winner and it's by William Wyler. It's about basically it's, it takes place in 1939 when England starts to go to war, World War II. And, and there's some really great stuff in, in that movie. I was really impressed with it. How like William Wyler has a great ability to focus on how war affects people. Mm. And in this case, the nor- just normal citizens in England, mm-hmm. in this one community in England, that one I, I definitely recommend checking out if you haven't. Mrs. Miniver. And then a couple more really quickly here. Oh, we watched The Shop Around the Corner. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was really interesting to watch. Especially if you've seen, you've seen You've Got Mail, right? It was years ago. Yeah. I could practically say no. Well, I remember while watching The Shop Around the Corner, you seemed kind of surprised that that was a remake of this. Because you're like, when does it become like uh, that movie? Yeah, yeah, that's right. There's, there's too many differences, really. Like, the only concept that they carried through was the pen palness of it. Right, yeah. They really s- simplified it to just that. Because I remember You've Got Mail was like, she was a small bookshop owner. Yeah. And he was part of, like... A Barnes and Noble equivalent that was going to like open nearby. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. Whereas in the original, they actually work in the same store. And uh, it's a small mm. business in, not Denmark, but uh, Belgium. Mm. Right? Uh, last weekend, I saw it, which was a film about alcoholism, which uh, is a very interesting, very surprising for its time uh, film, often recommended. And I think that might be all the ones worth noting right now that uh, that we've been watching or I've been watching on my own. So, you know, there's more. I have a, a, a list of, of a handful more movies to watch. Hopefully you'll be able to get to them so I can get that article out in the next three weeks. Uh, but those are the 1940s movies that we've been watching. So that that concludes our week in review. Now, before we finish this episode, I wanted to make a very special announcement. And this is something that I've known, I basically have been planning and foreseeing coming since November. But Shanna, you have made some changes in your life with uh, professionally. And you now, as you mentioned in, in previous episodes, not only do you have your business, but you also have a part-time job. And I've made a, a change in my career. And since these changes have come up, it's been rather difficult for us to get time in, in our schedules to record these episodes. In fact, right now, you're, you're, you have to run off in a few yeah, minutes. Yeah, I really have to go. But this is a really important announcement we got to make. And that is that the end is coming soon for the Movie Lovers podcast. I think 175 will be our final episode. Just uh, about a month away. So we'll have this three-episode arc, and we'll have probably another week in review, and our, then our final episode. So it's, it's, I think it's going to be better for us overall. Less stress, less on Shanna's plate, for sure. Trying to make these, these uh, recordings happen. I will continue writing, and maybe have more time to write, on thegibsonreview.com. But Shanna, is there anything you want to say about about this uh, announcement? I've enjoyed my time with you, and I was rather shocked when you said that we should we should stop. But you know, 175 is a good number. I really have to go. <laughs> so, and that's just kind of how our life is right now. It's it's yeah. we have to go. And, you know, maybe when we are raising the next child, we wanted to do an experiment with movie viewing. Maybe we can have a podcast with that. And so maybe this isn't necessarily the end. It's just uh, we'll see you later. Maybe. Strong emphasis on maybe. It's been six years, and I've really enjoyed doing this podcast with you. I miss already being able to take the time to be able to have these conversations with you without it having to be rushed or truncated or anything like that. So I will definitely miss being able to have the, the conversations that uh, we've been able to have over the past six years in, in, in the manner in which we have in the podcast, which is very different than in conversation, but 
but yeah, it's been uh, it's been lovely. But the truth of the matter is, uh, this podcast is completely personally funded. We don't have any sponsorship. We don't have any donations coming through. And, you know, uh, the background stuff involved in that costs money. And with the realities of our work schedules and stuff, there's just too many uh, hurdles to be able to sustain. And so... Uh, this has felt like the right decision ultimately for us for a few months, uh, as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, so 175 will be our final episode and I don't know what that will look like yet. Maybe if you follow on Instagram, you'd be able to give some input on that in a poll or something. But, um, but yeah, uh, thought that it makes sense to take the time here since we didn't have a whole lot else to talk about to share this news uh, with you. So with that, that ends this episode of The Movie Lovers. Before I talk about what you can find in the next episodes of The Movie Lovers, uh, let me share with you that you can find Shanna online at Shanna Paxton Photography on Instagram. And you can find her on Flickchart as well. You can go to thegibsonreview.com. That is going to be a continuing source for you, not only to find past episodes of The Movie Lovers, but also uh, to read lots of different articles that I have on there. There's the Film Faves articles. There's, you know, articles about my favorite movies. There's review articles that look at series like Nightmare on Elm Street or the Hepburn and Tracy movies or more recently the Lynn Shelton films. Uh, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of content on there for you to mine, look through and read. And, of course, you can follow on Instagram, the Gibson 99 I do bracket polls there occasionally. Maybe when you're listening, you'll pop over there and find one to participate in. Next time on The Movie Lovers, we will be reviewing, by request of Shanna, Apple TV's Tetris. She's a big Tetris fan. So uh, we will be reviewing that film starring Taron Egerton about the story that, that brought that video game franchise to life. Look for it on Tuesday, uh, May 2nd. And then beyond that, we will be doing our favorite cartoons, our final film faves list for the podcast, talking about what animated TV shows we love the most. That will be available on May 9th. And then... We'll start over with uh, uh, our last week in review episode. So until then, this is Jeff and Shanna saying, until then, keep loving the movies. Bye-bye.